You're listening to the Marketing Masters Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Masters Podcast. I'm your host, DJ, and I'm joined by my co-host, Eric. How are you doing today, Eric? Doing good. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, so today we decided on the topic of graphic design. So uh, graphic design really covers a lot, you know, has, a little bit has to do with branding, a little bit has to do with, uh, I mean, everything from logos to websites to social media to um, how to design a graphic or what you should be thinking about when you're designing a graphic or I mean, there's so much we can talk about. Um, you know, where, uh, where, where do we want to get started with this discussion? Well, it's like, uh, so when, when, so I do a lot of work with young kids and mentoring stuff. Uh, we've mentored, uh, uh, gosh, we've mentored seven college students as interns for us over the years. And, um, and I, and I counsel everybody that everybody should have a trade and then they should get a job and then they should get a career kind of in that order. And my trade has always been graphic design. So everything that I've done has sort of been centered around graphics. Okay. So that was the trade then. So that's, I mean, you mentioned before in the podcast too that, you know, that's kind of where you got started in it, right? Mm -hmm. Graphics. Um, what kind of graphics did you get started doing then? Well, so as my career started, the digital age was just sort of coming around. So it's like I did a lot of early work you know, uh, old school stuff, like actually working with cameras and working with um, film and the old way that everything was made, pretty, you know, mostly for print, everything was kind of print based. And so as the internet came about, uh, you know, I just, I jumped into that and loved it. And, and, and our, you know, that, that's really been the focus of my career. Trans, you know, the transition from print to uh, web. My, my experience with graphic design um, it was a lot different. Mine was kind of like learning it on the go as needed um, for me. So like I didn't start out wanting to be a graphic designer. I didn't even start out wanting to do marketing. Um, I really just, I started out working, you know, uh, in sales and mm -hmm. then dipping my toes in marketing and then trying to, to fill some of the role of doing advertisements or things that helped sales, right? That's what I was trying to do with sell stuff. Um, right. And using tools, uh, online tools to do that, you know, and then from there, I just kept going, you know, experimenting, trying different things, learning different things. Um, and it's good because, because, because your original intent was how do I sell stuff for my clients? Um, you know, that, that it's, that it's like, you have the why, you know, why do we do this stuff? So, so it's like, I've done graphics, you know, for lots of, lots of people over the years. And as my career evolved, I started to get into marketing because it's like, why am I making the graphics? You know, what message mm -hmm. am I trying to communicate? What do I want people to do as a result of visiting my website or seeing a print ad and so forth? Yeah, so I think like I, I originally started, I mean, I liked sales. I learned that I liked selling things because I was actually selling vacuums and air purifiers and things like that originally for quite a few years. And I started out when I first started putting stuff on the internet for advertising. Um, for, it was my father's business, um, and I worked there for like five years doing sales. Um, so I got really good at selling in person. So when I started to do this online, I first took images from stock images and stuff from the company uh, that we were a franchise of, um, mm -hmm. and I'd share their images, and I'd add I'd add some text, or I'd just use them in a post, or I'd I'd print them out for us and make a flyer. And then it, the next step was kind of modifying those images, maybe taking parts of them, cropping them differently, putting some text on them. 
Um, eventually I was like, oh, I can slap a logo on here. Uh, and then I'd start taking just product images and making my own images out of them instead of using stock ones. Um, and then from there, you know, it just kind of grows and evolves. And, you know, you learn what you need to learn to, to get better or to, you know, to complete the next project, you know? So I don't know, that, that was kind of my experience with graphic design. I've come a long way since then. Um, cause now I make graphics every day, you know, I don't consider myself like, I guess I am a graphic designer, you know, like, but that's not the core of what I am. It's just one of the tools in the bag that I use, you know, to, to right. do the job. So, right. It's, it's, it's like, you know, we use graphics <clears throat> to create your brand, to reinforce your brand, to show what you are, you know, to show what you're all about. Mm -hmm. Definitely promote products. Like, like I remember, um, early on, I worked for this, for this, um, uh, I worked for this retailer, online retailer that sold machines and stuff like engraving machines and stuff like that. And, uh, and one way that we differentiated them was we took our own photographs of the product because the manufacturer says, here's our photos. This is our website. You can use any of our stuff. But if we were selling actual machines, it's like when we photograph them and you know, our photographs could focus on a particular feature that no one else did. And so what I realized was that as we started publishing and marketing this product, that, that competitors would be using our photographs, you know, and, and, and our graphic design, our, our, you know, the, the, the images that we photoshopped and tweaked and made, you know, made really special and unique. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that point. So, you know, it makes you stand out, makes you look different. I mean, if you just use the same thing everyone else has, uh, then you look like everybody else. So not only does it allow you to focus on different areas, like you were saying, but I mean, it, it just makes you stand out in general too. So, yeah. And it's how you differentiate because, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when you're, you know, when you just take a stock photo that the manufacturer gives you of the product to sell and you look on eBay or Amazon or your store and it's like, you see the same images. So how can you tell who's who you can't? Mm -hmm. So that, that was one way that we were able to show that they were special. And again, you know, by, by focusing on it, just like you did, by cropping a photo even, you can show a particular feature of a product that you want to show off and talk about it. And just, just by doing that, you're doing what no one else is doing. Everyone else says, here's the thing and this is what it does. Great. But we go in and we say, hey, we love this thing. Look, at it, it does this. It makes it easy to do this. And, and by, by, by creating specificity, you know, by giving some awesome details and reinforcing that with graphics, it's like we're doing what other online retailers aren't doing. Yeah, I think since we're talking kind of like stock photos you get from a company, right? Lots of times I think those are, you know, the way they appear is they're designed for a website or for a flyer. They're kind of like a big wide shot, you know, before mm -hmm. before you crop them or before you hone in on it. And that's, and I, I see that given out a lot from companies. They tend to give out stuff like that. And that just looks very, I mean, it looks like what it is and doesn't won't really help you with lots of advertising aside from being like a background image or something. That's what I'm getting at. It's, it's yeah, and, it's, and, it, and it's also, you know, so if it's an, if it's a laser engraver, it's, it's like the manufacturer will give you like five, six photos of things that are engraved with lasers. So it's, so it's like their vision of what you can use this tool for is very limited. Mm -hmm. And so the retailer we worked for actually produced all this work, did all this work for, for, for customers. And so, also, so one thing we did was show the product, but then we showed the things that you can make with the product. And that, again, differentiated us from everybody else who was just using, 
you know the the, the images that the manufacturer might get might provide yes so let's um i want to talk about like the use of graphics a little bit and the difference between designing one for a website and like a banner or like um a flyer or something in person and also the difference between that and then running a social media ad or something like that but before i get into that um i kind of wanted to touch on the topic of logos because this is kind of like where a business would start generally the first graphic they think they need is a logo would you agree sure. that that is the first graphic they need or would is that a correct assumption yeah i mean i mean that's that's you know it's, it's like um we love the idea of branding we want to create a brand for you we want to improve your brand so that it's focused and so that at a glance someone sees your logo and immediately recognizes you and what you do and yeah. for nike that's easy because they have they have the Nike swoosh, right? But it's like it, it's easy for them because they spend millions of dollars advertising, so so they can reduce their brand down to one simple icon. Most most of us can't do that because we don't have ridiculous marketing budgets, right? And advertising, right? Budget. Like like I mean, they're they're one great example of that um, because at, at one point, if if I didn't know that the check was their logo, I wouldn't be able to tell you what their logo is, except that they have a lot of them. Because if you look at their clothing or their mm -hmm. shoes or whatever they have, sometimes it just says Nike on it. Sometimes it just says, just do it. Sometimes it has a check mark. Sometimes it has all three of those things or one of those things, or it doesn't matter what it is. You still know it's from Nike. Right. And, and again, they get to reinforce everything they do, like just do it. Or even like Air Jordan, you know what I mean? It's, it's like just an image can, can represent a brand because it has been advertised and pushed so, so heavily right mm -hmm. and mo most of us can't afford to do that most of us don't have million dollar marketing budgets and advertising budgets right so, so so it's up to us to make a brand that's legible that people can easily recognize who you are what you do <clears throat> and the, the idea of an icon or logo <clears throat> is that it can stand alone and people can say oh that's my company and that's what i do so I have an interesting, an interesting idea just popped in my head, uh, logo-wise. So for for your marketing company, you have um, a design over top of words. Uh, for mm -hmm. my for my company, both my review one and my marketing company, I have a coffee mug over top of words. What is yours, by the way? Is that a bow or is that like a airplane over top of longbow? Yeah, my comp uh, my my business is called Longbow, and it's and it's like so so you know, um, lots of people use this sort of arc in their logos for whatever reason it was a design element that, that lots of people use so ours has an arc and it has an arrow in it and it's and it's like i you know we were sort of you know taking this overused thing and making it special making it ours mm -hmm. and then as well you know we the font we use for longbow is incredibly simple and maybe even old-fashioned you know what i mean and it's and it's like the idea behind that is that it has to be legible because some words like the word longbow which which is two words that we mash together you know it's it doesn't read well in lots of different fonts so yeah so that makes sense yeah yeah and, and the so, font is very legible when you look at it and and it also yeah. looks clean you know i'm looking at it on a t-shirt right now but it looks clean on a t-shirt on a business card on a website it's very legible no matter where you put it um so. yeah and, and i have to i have to fight the the urge to change my logo all the time because you know we make brands we make brands all the time and you know we're you know i know i'm adhd and and highly caffeinated, right? So, so it's like, you know, I'm like, let's redo the logo. And it's like, <laughs> the problem is when you redo your logo, that means 
all the coffee mugs and all the shirts and all the stuff that we do with our logo on it, it's been out there for years. I mean, my, you know, we started Longboat in 2001. So it's like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like to just redo a brand, you know, you really have to think about it. So for me, I use a coffee mug, right? And it's half full because the name of all my companies are half full. Um, so I fill up the coffee mug halfway with coffee. Yeah, and, and you're also saying I'm an optimist. I love it. The glass is half empty. The glass is half full. I love that. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of the messaging with that. So, but for marketing masters, we didn't have any icon in there. Not yet. Um, we just went with pure words, kind of like uh, Victoria's Secret. You know, if you look at them, they're just words at the top. They don't have any icons anywhere. Yeah, when, whenever I start with a logo, I start with fonts. I start with typography, and it's and it's like and. And it's like before we present anything to a client, I have probably gone through you know a hundred or two iterations of using different fonts and different font treatments, and 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 I come up with lots of sheets of these, and we start out with with the typeface. We make sure that it's legible, readable, and then we try to create a personality, you know, to to this to the logo, you know, by by using different fonts. So it's like even even for us, <clears throat> icons are kind of like kind of one of the last things that we do because, and, and, and often you don't need an icon because again it's it's like it's hard for one icon to represent all you do like the nike swooch which is the ultimate example of branding yeah yeah i i mean it, it can be hard to tell when you need an icon or when you don't really uh to me i, I go based off the feel of it the look of it um i mean look at something when i'm making it and then does it look better with an icon or does it not? Or, I mean, it's, it's almost like uh, intuitive or instinctive. Um, like you just kind of have to look at it, just do it. You just, <laughs> just have to just do it. <laughs> just do it. So, <laughs> so I think, um, I think, um, you know, a great place for us to look at, at really good logos is, is football. It's like every football team, pro college, they have an icon, they have a logo, they have a color scheme. And it's and it's like often whenever we make brands for people, we stick to sort of the you know NFL color scheme, knowing that you know if if we stick with a with a particular color set, I can find anything for you in promotional products. I can find hats, I can find shirts, I can find coffee mugs if they kind of stick to NFL colors. And it's, it, that doesn't mean you have to stick to NFL colors, but it means you know um, uh, you know promoting your brand through products and stuff becomes a lot easier if you use this kind of standard color palette. And and you can bet that all these companies have already done lots of market research into things. When they design a logo, you know, when they pay to have this thing designed and they put it on their helmets and their t-shirts and everywhere in the world, I mean, yeah, it's a great tip. So you look at someone who's already done this or a group, you know, in this example, we have tons of options to choose from. It's not just one company that has a couple brands. I mean, we're talking dozens and dozens of options here pre-built and then you could look at college teams even or different sports teams outside of football there's so exactly. many that's a really great tip you know if you're looking for a color scheme you don't know where to start look at their logos um, lots right. of them have different animals or different symbols or even some of them use letters instead like a giant letter i mean so there's so many options there to just kind of look at yeah and what's great is you know you know if you talk about ncaa all the colleges it's like it's like oh my gosh these logos have been refined over the years so it's like it's not like one iteration you know, uh, you know, and it's fire and forget. Once you do it, you never change your logo. No, it's like, you know, all these universities have been, you know, dealing with these logos for years. So, you know, the, the 
what's so important is that when you make a logo, you have to think about how it's going to be applied. You know, how does it how does it fit on a business card? How does it fit on a on on a hat, on a shirt, on a polo shirt? Where does your logo go? So it's like often people make these elaborate logos that that become very expensive to reproduce. Um, I, I remember one company. I so, so early on in my career, I worked for a venture capitalist. A they were called a technology incubator. Every year, they made a new tech company, and their logo had a rainbow in it. And every one of their um, startups had this rainbow in it. So what that meant is every time we printed business cards for every single employee, it had to be a four-color print job. Uh. And that means that means there's four inks. You know, to you know, to, to 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 reproduce this rainbow. Never mind embroidery on logos and hats and stuff. It's like it became so expensive to reproduce their logo that that, that it was like it's it's like guys, we need to rethink this. It's like just because it, it it looks pretty, you know, it's 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 like you need to really imagine, you know, it's like how are we going to utilize this thing because you know we can we can get the same effect of promoting your brand using black and white, you know, or or, or using you know, two inks or even, or even one ink. And, and over time, when you're talking about a company with hundred employees, you know, you can save, you know, thousands of dollars in, in all of your marketing materials. So, so because yeah. we, because we've done this for so many years, I've done, I've created hundreds of brands for people and, and help them with print all their collateral, their stationery, their business cards, all their promotional products, apparel, all this stuff. It's, it's like, because we understand how your logo is used, we're very efficient and we can be very efficient for you. Um, you know, as, as well, I remember we did a bunch of print pieces for a nonprofit and they wanted everything. And, and we've done a lot of work for nonprofits. And basically, you know, when I started working with them, everything they did was full color and, and all these. And, and, and the reality was it didn't have to be. And it, and it was a waste of money. It was an expensive way to do their print materials. And I sort of backed up and, and helped them produce stuff in two color. And what that meant is it, it actually uh, helped solidify the brand it, because all the materials were simpler to look at. Everything wasn't buying for their attention. And it looked like they were being better stewards of the money that they had because, you know, their uh, uh, materials were simpler and they looked like they didn't spend a fortune to print them. Hmm. So, that, so there's, a lot, there's a lot that goes into your brand and marketing and how you do stuff. And you know, just like you said, it's it's you know, you picked up graphic design because because you know you wanted to better sell stuff, um, and and that's awesome because it, because it's like you know you figured out why you use graphic design. Most right. people never get there, so that's awesome that, that you figured that out. But a lot of people, you know, uh, myself included, is you know, if you're a small business owner, you think I got to do it myself. I got to save money. You know, I I can't use a professional to do something. But it, but it's like the reality is. We are so efficient at branding and, and print and promo and all this other yeah. stuff that we can save you a ton of money, you know, overdoing it yourself. And I would say to the people who are do-it-yourself people, because I've worked with a lot of those myself, lots of times realtors are that way. I've worked with a few realtors who sure. are very hands-on with how they want their website to look or how they want their graphics to look, or I've done a couple logos for realtors, and they'll, they'll already have an idea. And we mentioned on a, on a previous episode when we would – take video footage or foot photographs of what we want ourselves and then hand it off to a professional to have them. It kind of gives them an idea of what you want. 
and that's right. fine to do. Same with a logo. If you have an icon, a set of icons you like, or you have some fonts you like, or just anything, it's okay for you to mock something up and say, hey, can you make something like this but better? Um, Absolutely. The hardest thing to communicate is design. So it's like when someone says, I want a website, or I want a, I want a logo, I, I, you know, we're creating a new company, or we're rebranding our company. Um, it's so hard to communicate you know, what you want and what you want your brand to be. And so design helps us do that. So when you take the first steps and start designing your own logo, you know, you're actually going through a lot of the steps that can help a designer, you know, understand what you're trying to do and what you're trying to communicate. I'm going to, I'm going to segue us right off that word communicate there, because that's such a good, it's a really good word um, because your graphics are always communicating something, you know, an image is worth a thousand words. So exactly. What are we trying to say with the logo? But then beyond that, it's, you know, websites and ads and ads are two different things. But when you land on a website, the graphics you choose are definitely going to give a vibe off. You know, you're going to, people are going to feel something or assume something when they look at it. Um, mm -hmm. They're going to start trying to figure out what you are immediately when they start to see. And it's be, usually your logo is much smaller on a website. So they might not see that first. They're going to see whatever huge images you have going across it, whether it's video footage or, banner images or products or whatever it is you have those images are going to speak to them right away um, and you need to relay what you are because they're definitely going to look at the image before they look at the words and then they're going to read the words and they're going to go with the big words and they might skip over the small words so like when we're designing something you know um, what uh what exactly goes into that you know with the top of a website sure so it's so it's like first off you know it's, it's like you know we call it for for web design uh, we call it look and feel, you know, so, so it's like, you know, what, what, first off, you know, we, we, everything starts with your branding. So we understand your brand. We look at all your, all your old stuff, show us your print collateral, show us your ads. So we get a sense of, of where your brand has been. And, and then, uh, and, and really what, what we're trying to do is, is we're trying to create a mood. We're trying to help you stand out from your competition. I think contrast is very important. Like if you think of like a store shelf and you're going to buy a product like toothpaste, right? It's, it's like, uh, or, or, or it doesn't have to be a product. It can be a cervix or, or anything, but, it, but it's like when, when you see all the people in your space that are selling the products or services that you're selling, we like to help uh, make you, uh, you know, stand out from the competition. And, and that's, that's where graphics come in. You know, it's all about contrast, but we're, but, but when, when, when you a really right. easy one to visualize for me is dentists. Um, so if you look at a dentist website, there's lots of smiling people, <laughs> usually yep. very focused on their teeth. Um, and then they use the same images on their website as they do when you walk into the dentist office. They're going to be hanging right. all over the, the wall and the banners. Um, they're trying to, I mean, they're using it. It's, it's very overused. But at the same time, when you look at it, you know exactly what it is and what they're trying to tell you. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, you know, I reminded of it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a hair, you know, a, a hair salon, you know, where you walk into a commercial hair salon, there's all these photographs of different hairstyles. It's like, it's, you know, dentists are doing the same thing where you walk in and see all these happy people with shiny teeth. Mm -hmm. And that's good because they're focusing on the end result because going to the dentist isn't usually fun, you know? Right. So they're not like, going to show you drills with people crying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't see a picture of, of some guy, you know, dr drilling on, on, on some of these you know, mouthful of cavities, right? So it's like, yeah, they focus on the positive end result, and and that's good marketing for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> so so then so then for um 
you know, so your logo, you do use your logo for a lot of things. We talked about using your logo for t-shirts, you know, for, you know, you put it over top of an image, it goes at the top of your website. It's going to be used as a social media icon. Um, there's so many things you're going to use your logo for. Um, so let's talk about using it for graphics. Um, and when would you use it on a graphic? Because you wouldn't use it on a website graphic most of the time. If you have graphics all over your website page or even on a flyer lots of times, um, your logo's already been placed on that page or on that flyer at the top. So you don't need to replace it over top of all these images you're using. But that's... Right. And, that's, and, and typically on your website, you know, it, you know, it's, it's like we like to build, build it to where your... Um, you know, the header of the site is sticky so that you always see your logo and you always know that you're on your website and, and can navigate, you know? I So talking about sticky, sticky headers and logos up there, I've started more recently because originally I started going towards all sticky headers. I was like, man, this is great. You know, I love this. Um, but then for a couple of recent projects, I've actually done non-sticky ones to leave the logo behind on purpose. Um, but usually that's that's for like a reading experience, more for blog websites. Um, right. You know, because I really I want to focus on on what they're what they're there for, you know, um, especially because lots of times they've already came to see that. But it's very different. Yeah, because it doesn't help with your branding to hide the logo. But I think there are times where you would potentially leave the logo behind and leave the whole menu behind because you don't really want them uh, leaving or hitting the menu if you're going to if you're going to guide their experience through the website without it. So guiding them to the next thing you want them to do, whether it's a call to action or another article, you know, especially right. on blog websites specifically. As you scroll down, there's lots of other things for you to interact with and do that you don't need to go back to the menu on. The menu's kind of like, uh, I mean, it's there, and you know how to get back to it. And then I've also used, a few times here, we've used um, buttons that bounce you back up to the top. So that's an alternative to having a sticky header. There's lots of different websites and themes and stuff you can use have buttons that'll say back to top. You know, exactly. All good practices that you know your header doesn't have to be sticky for it to be good design. You know, not not at all. It's, you know, it's, it's just a design choice. Mm -hmm. I um, think I think it often has to do with how important the menu is. So, you know, is the menu important to the user experience? And if it's not, then maybe you can leave that behind. You know, um, but if it, if it is important, it needs to be there because they need to be able to navigate to finding whatever it is they need to find on that menu. And if you have different signups and different things you're trying to, to get them to do, or, you know, maybe teaching them about your business, they need to be able to get back to that. But if you're, if what you're trying to show them is already on a page, or if you have other actions for them to do further down the page and you don't really want them navigating to other pages, then there are maybe times where both, both can be used. So. Yeah. That, that's all great points. Like, like right now I'm looking at one of my websites called greendev.com, mm -hmm. which stands for, you know, development greendev.com. And it's like, at the top, you know, uh, you know, I have a sticky header and it's green and it's super bright. And the reason why we did this is because we imagine that if people are looking for somebody to build a website, they might have multiple windows open. And so when you tab through different windows, I want you to see our brand and I want it to be front and center. So it's, so it's like, so on this website, that's, that was our thinking when we went into this, because, you know, I know that when I'm, when I'm searching for products and services, you know, I, I often have multiple tabs up. I'm looking through, I'm trying to see, Hey, are these guys credible? Do I like what I see? You know, what's my first impression, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, on my marketing site too, I do have a sticky header. So I, I'm definitely not against sticky headers by any means. I'd probably say the majority of the websites I make do have sticky headers for the exact reasons you mentioned. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. depends, it's, depends you know. on the site. It depends on the brand and, and 
and and you know one isn't better than the other it's it's all how it works for you mm -hmm. yeah sure. um but, but let's go back to what you're saying with graphics it's like should i put like on my facebook uh, you know uh, on my facebook or uh pinterest should i put my logo in every single picture that i that i post and every single image that i post you know and that that's a question that, it, that it's like um you know you want to reinforce branding but it shouldn't be more important than the message and it really depends on the images and 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 the entire body of work that you're doing mm -hmm. it's like branding is very simply it's consistency it's you know it's it's applying a very similar look and feel across all of your um, marketing material so that people recognize you they see your brand it's just like you know um, um, you know branding cattle you know back in the wild west with your mark so that people know oh you know that's that's your cow that kind of a thing mm -hmm. so, so it's like so often i do like to do that and you know you know if i want to reinforce the brand in a campaign like like recently we did, we did this for this awesome national um religious organization where it's like we did a bunch of easter images for their social media and we did put their logo but we also put like a purple uh, uh, ribbon for Lent behind it. Mm -hmm. So, so, so it's like, that's a way that we branded it, branded all of their social media images, which went for, what is it like 40 days of Lent or whatever, but it, but it's like, so it covered, you know, this, this over a month campaign of images on their social media, but, it, but we, we highlighted their logo to say, Hey, this is special. It's for Lent. Yeah. I like that. I like the consistency of that and using that for Lent and having that be same on every images. Cause it's like, you added something that wasn't even a logo to every image. Um, I did a giveaway very similarly, uh, 30 days of giveaways of sunglasses mm -hmm. uh, for a magazine. They were giving out free sunglasses, one one pair every day. So it wasn't like, you know, a 30 day long giveaway. It was a fresh giveaway every single day. And so the post that we used every day on social media to give away these glasses was similar and just had different glasses in it. Um, so that way people knew um, that it was the same, you know, we're giving away a fresh pair. They realized this is the giveaway post of the day. Um, but it looked different enough because the main focus of it was the pair of glasses and that pair of glasses did alternate every day. So I guess it was a balance of making sure people knew it was a fresh post, but also letting them know that, hey, this is the post you're looking for today. Because the same people would come back every single day to look for that, that giveaway because they knew it was going to be ongoing. Yeah, and that, that is a great use of social media. That is awesome. Now, there's also like when it comes to putting a graphic on your social media, your, I'm sorry, your logo on top of a graphic that you're using social media, you can really think about what you're using, where this is going to be seen, because if it's in a regular post on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram, or whatever it's going to be, you already have a logo on the left side. If they come, True. you know, like when they see it and they're scrolling by it, it shows your logo to them on the right. left without it being on top of the image. But it's right. often very small. And then if they share it and it gets shared and gets shared and it's shared, you know, that's going to show up in different places. And if you boost it as an ad, that's going to show up in different places. And sometimes these ads are very small, so there's not really enough room for them to put your icon or logo next to it. Sometimes you don't even have one next to it. So I guess there's, depending on what you're doing with it, you might need to put your logo on it. Um, and another reason you'd want to put your logo on it is so other people don't steal it and use it and you don't get any credit for it. If you spend a lot of time designing this awesome promotional material, you know, this piece, this graphic for um, an e-commerce business that sells, let's just go toothpaste. Um, there's nothing stopping other people from stealing your toothpaste image now, you know, but if you put your logo on it, because you spent so much time really making this custom, making it special, 
kind of guarantees, you know, they're not going to take it, not without cropping it or modifying it. I mean, it's not legal for them to take it, but people will anyways, you know. Um, it's really hard to enforce it. It's hard for a small business to enforce it. But it's like um, if, if I go back to this to this engraving company and their machines, you know, we went through this through all this effort to do these custom photo shoots of all these machines. And what I did is I put them all on a background that was a, that was gray. It sort of looked white, but it was definitely gray. And so then I could search, I could, I could do Google image searches and I could find all the websites that, that were using my images because they were different. Mm. And we could immediately reach out to them and say, Hey guys, uh, you know, cease and desist. Right. That's know. ours. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. That's ours. We made this image and we're not the manufacturer. You don't get to just, you know, a competitor, you don't get to just use our images, you know, but, but, you know, enforcing the stuff that you do is it's, 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 uh, it takes a lot of work. So, yeah. so that was something I could do that made it really easy that we could sort of prevent people from just taking our stuff, especially, you know, direct competitors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's, that's one thing you don't, you know, if you're selling a product, they're selling it. You definitely don't want them going to everyone else to get the same product, especially if you're all at the same price and all your websites look good. Um, this is one of those few things that could set you apart. The, the work that you're putting into graphics to make yourself look different. You don't want all that work you're doing to just be copied by someone. So exactly. That was the whole point. So it's, so it's like the client got mad. He's, you know, but, but, but then, you know, I figured, Hey, if I do this, if I put it on a different background because everything was fo our photographs and, and, and we did all this Photoshop work where everything was floating on the background. So I could easily change the background color. Cause first I started out with saying, Oh, I'll put, I'll put our logo, I'll stamp all the photos with our logo, but, but that didn't look good because their logo was super complicated and mm -hmm. didn't really work well as a stamp on an image. So, so sometimes when you're doing branding, you want to come up with, with something like that. That's simple to do that. That's where an icon might come in, you know, so, so I'm looking at, and then you um, can even make it the, the icon, um, see-through, right? So you could kind of make it so that it's a watermark, a transparent watermark on yeah, an watermark. image to, to copyright yourself or to protect yourself from this kind of thing. Now, there are a couple instances where I won't, I won't use an icon on an image because I make lots of graphics for social media. That's probably one of the things I do more than anything is social media marketing and ad design. Um, right. I spend a lot of each day doing that. And so I, I'm a big fan of putting your logo on your graphics. I really am. Um, I think that whether you're boosting it as an ad or it's a daily post, if it looks good and you can pull it off, I think the logo adds, um, I think for brand recognitions for smaller businesses, because I do a lot of small business marketing, small mm -hmm. to mid size is a lot of my focus. And so for these guys, it does matter. Uh, they really do need you to understand who they are so that you can remember them or search for them. But, but there's a few times when I won't put the logo on there. And one of those times is when it doesn't look good. So if you try to put a logo on it and their logo colors just do not go well with the image at all, you know, but you really love the image you're using and the wording on the image and the text and everything you're using, the message is getting across, but the logo just is not helping. Then I'll run without it. Um, because again, my logo is popping up alongside it most of the time. But another reason I won't use it too um, is if I want to get shared a lot. And that may sound weird because usually if it's going to get shared a lot, you want your logo on it. But lots of times people, if you have a massive logo on something, won't like it or share it or comment on it, or they'll think that you're just trying to uh, abuse something. Uh, a good example would be talking about veterans, thanking veterans, or sure that kind of thing, right? If you slap a huge logo and say, thank you, veterans, some people will just be like, oh, that's fine. This company is thanking veterans. And other people will be like, oh, this company's 
trying to use the fact that they're thanking veterans to sell us stuff. And that's just kind of, you know, it can rub some people the wrong way. Um, in, in not just in an offensive way, but also just in a, um, if you share something funny, lots of people are more likely to share this funny meme you make or this funny thing if it's not heavily branded with your logo. If your logo is just plopped all over it, um, eh, then they, they may not want their your logo showing up all over their timelines or all over the things. You know, so there are many times like these instances where you just, you go without the logo because you're trying to get it in front of a lot of people or because it doesn't fit well with it or, or times like that. But then outside of those times, I would say most of the time it's probably safe to put your logo on there um, for branding, you know, for recognition, things like that, yeah. and for copywriting and things like that. So, so it's like what we do, like, like, like you know, when, when we're doing a campaign like that, we go for consistency. So it's like, um, for instance, if we, we take the logo and, and in Photoshop, you know, we put it in the same place on every single image. And that even helps us design these things because it's like then it's like if an image doesn't fit where the logo goes in in the exact same spot you know that you know then it's then it's like you know we rethink it and it's like and and the 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 product of that is consistency you know to where people see your thing you know see, see your image and, and it sort of creates a creates a style of its own i think that that right there goes along with the messaging you're trying to portray right so if you clearly want them to know it's an advertisement then, then yeah, putting your logo in the top corner, in the top left or the top right or the bottom left or the bottom right, or right in the dead center. Those are like the most popular ways, right? And so those places will clearly identify that this is probably an advertisement from a business. Um, and if you're trying to advertise and you need them to know that you're trying to sell them something, then it's important to do that. Um, if you're not trying to sell them something, you're trying to share a piece of content like a blog article, or you're trying to share a funny meme or whatever it is you're doing, then not having your logo on it, you know, it's, it's just, it's not important to have your logo on it. And those, you know, it's going to take away from what you're trying to do. It's going to make them think it's an advertisement when you're not trying to advertise. You're trying to grow your right. following with free content. You're trying to get website visitors to look at this content. You're trying to do something other than them recognizing the brand. You're trying to get them to do something, you know. That's yeah, not and often I'll, I'll see a great, a great image like in Facebook and I want to share it. And because it's watermarked, with something, sometimes I don't share it, even though I want to share it, because I'm like, you know, I don't want to like endorse this other, you know, this organization that made it, you know? A really good example is like political stuff in that realm. Oh, you know what I mean, like it could be absolutely. super funny, um, yeah. and it could be funny to all sides of the political realm, but if it's heavily branded with one side and that side also promotes other thing, I mean, other topics, guns, you know? Um, lots of, I've seen a lot of marketing from gun stores and things like that and that's another one too where like they kind of have to um decide what they want to do here right they have to decide very be very decisive and very planned out with are they using logos on these things or are they not using logos on these things so yeah I, that, that that's all great points i mean you know it's 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 like me you know my company all my companies should be absolutely apolitical center of the road it's it's like i you know I don't understand why some brands are so eager to offend half of the country. You know, it's, it's, it's like, I don't want to do that at all. It's, it's like, I have my own beliefs and opinions on all sorts of things, but it's like, um, you know, it's, it's like at the end of the day, you know, I run a business and it's like, you know, I'll, you know, I serve lots of people, you know, on, on all sides of the, of the political spectrum. And it's like, you know, my business isn't about politics. If, if I wanted to be a political marketing company, I would be, but it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, that's not me. 
That's but, funny, but yeah, but but even even in just what you just said, there are companies that would want to do the exact opposite. You know, political companies usually, or people who have a political agenda. You know, or someone who's trying to prove a point that's usually supported by one side. Um, you know, yeah. like yeah, for sure. Then they would lean heavily into that, and and in doing so, they obviously alienate the other half of the population. But the other half isn't their. It's not their demographic. It's not ever going to be a customer of theirs, and yeah, so exactly. they have to lean that's into. Valid. Yeah, they lean into that. So. Yep, that's valid, and and I, and I have clients that, that definitely that's their space. They're proud of it, and and it's and I and I get I get all that. Yeah, but for and, but and like you said, that. companies like yours and mine, uh, whether we're a blog or a marketing agency or a branding or whatever it is we're doing or we're printing stuff, if we don't want to limit ourselves. You know, we already have enough challenges in marketing and in life that we don't need to make this one of them. Um, you know taking a stance for or against anything um, is just a waste of your time. It's not going to make you any money. Um, it's it's not really going to help you in any way. So it can only hurt yeah, you. Let, so. Let's focus back on graphics. I mean, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, uh, you know, all this is valid in the world we live in today, you know, hyper politicized, but it's like <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it's like I help people market themselves better. I help lots of people, you know, across the entire spectrum. And Okay, so so let's let's actually because we're approaching forty minutes here. Let's talk about if you're getting started and you're a small business or a mid-sized business. Uh, if you don't have a marketing team, what do we recommend those people do to design graphics? Um, is there any hope for them to do it themselves? Are there any programs or any ways out there that they could start? Is there places they can go to buy cheap stuff? Or if you're a marketing professional like you or I, um, but you're just getting started, you know, is there any tools we recommend that they learn? And maybe is there stepping stones that they should learn these ones first? Um, so stuff like uh, Illustrator, Photoshop, or Spark, or things like that, you know, speaking to small businesses and people just starting out in marketing, I think this would actually speak to both of them. What would we recommend they learn? You know, what do you use, maybe? Well, I use I use Adobe Creative Suite, and it isn't cheap. You know, it's, you know I don't like it. You know, they use an ASP model, meaning I get to pay every month 53 bucks for the privilege of using their apps. You know, I like the old way where I used to own everything, uh, so I don't particularly love their marketing model, but it's the gold standard. I mean, I, I love Illustrator. So, so, like, I probably have, you know, almost almost 10,000 hours in Photoshop. I mean, you know, when, when you think of, like, like, airplanes and being a pilot, you know, how many hours do you have on this particular aircraft? You know, I am not kidding. I, you know, over my career, I have 10,000 hours in Photoshop and probably 5,000 in Illustrator. So you can use CorelDRAW, which, which is, you know, a, another drawing program, program similar to Illustrator. But to me, I find it to be, you know, just not Illustrator, maybe because that's what I've learned and that's what I know and love, mm -hmm. you know. And if you, if you uh, went to school, you know, recently, they're going to they're gonna push you into a couple different programs and try to teach you them, especially if you go for graphic design. Um, and so you're going to be automatically familiar with those. So I would say use what you're good at and use what you know. Um, but if you don't have any kind of this background, you know, just getting into it, it can be quite overwhelming to open up. By the way, I also use Adobe Suite. But I, I have the privilege of, uh, or the, you know, um, the perk of my wife being a photographer. And so she already has all this. So I just piggyback. I don't have to buy it twice. It kind of does well for both of our businesses to have the subscription. Um, for me, it's like professional tools. It's like if I ran a landscape landscaping company, you know, I'm not going to run around with, um, you know, um, push mowers that I buy from right. a local recruitment store. 
you know, I, you know, I'm probably running, running, you know, serious equipment because I understand the efficiency of using professional grade tools. So it's like, for me, that's what Adobe Suite accomplishes. But, but it's like, it's funny, like when you talk about web building years and years ago, I learned how to build the web using notepad, no kidding, just writing HTML. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, and then I discovered, uh, Dreamweaver gosh, back in, I don't know, 1998, 2000. I know I'm so dating myself, but it's like, I discovered that tool over other tools and I, and I still use it today, partially because Adobe bought it and it's, and it's part of uh, creative suite, but it's like now modern site building. Often I only use browser tools and notepad. <clears throat> so it's come full circle in how mm -hmm. I edit and manage a website. Whereas, you know, for many years in between, you know, I relied heavily on Dreamweaver on this tool set to build sites. And I know everybody's always trying to build, you know, different tool sets. Adobe has some weird different what, uh, tools that build websites. What, what year was the first year you got into marketing and designing web design? <clears throat> 1994. Anyway, I've been building so I think I started two, I think I started two decades after you. Wow. Um, well, when, when I got into web design. And so the first website I worked on, I actually, I had a buddy of mine who was knew that I was taking an interest in this sort of field. And so he taught me to actually write it up and we built a website together and it was straight, just coded. Um, but quickly, yeah. very quickly, I moved into using tools like WordPress um, and yes. other things to build websites very quickly. And then from there, I never looked back um, just because for me, it suits the needs that I have, the kind of clients I work with. Um, they need a beautiful website that's user friendly. You know, it's easy for them to use. Um, and it's something that isn't going to take a year to make or six months to make. They need something right. built within the month um, and something yeah. that looks like it's expensive and looks like it's professional. And that's where things like lots of these tools like WordPress or Shopify or um, I think there's lots of them out there. So Absolutely. And, and you know, even, yeah, you're right. It's like you don't need Dreamweaver. You don't need an HTML, CSS tool set to, to build websites anymore because of these platforms like WordPress and and. Uh, Shopify and, you know, I'm thinking of some of the other ones that we use, it's like, they are platforms unto themselves. And, uh, you know, and we've been in, we've been developing in WordPress since 2004. It's like, I love WordPress. We live and breathe it. Mm -hmm. So it's, so it's like, it's interesting how that went from a professional design or tool set to a platform. Oh yeah. That, that thing just took off and grew to be huge, but, yeah. but, um, graphics, Adobe suite, um, you're gonna, you're gonna open this up and you're gonna go, oh my gosh. You know, what do I do? And then you're going to try to start watching YouTube videos or Googling articles to figure out what are you doing in Photoshop? If you've never opened it before in your entire life. You're right. going to get quickly discouraged. But there's a really cool tool in Adobe Suite, and it's actually free to use. You don't have to purchase any of the software. But if you purchase it, you get it fully unlocked. So you can try it out for free, and you can make graphics. And it's called Adobe Spark. Right. So if you just Google search Adobe Spark, you can either you can get it right out of the software if you download the software for Adobe, or you can actually just use it right in the web browser. You don't have to download anything. Um, and this, I, I, think, I, I know early on I used a bunch of um, Adobe tools on on a tablet on on an iPad and iPad Minis, and and there were a bunch of really nifty apps you know that never fully took on. I think that's where Spark came from from them building apps to do graphics. That I think so. It's it's yeah. really cool if you if you haven't looked at it recently. Um, or if you're listening and you're getting started out, definitely check out Adobe Spark um, because it's very beginner friendly. So you open up this program and they have tons of templates and they ask you what you're doing. Are you making a, a social media graphic, a web graphic, a flyer to print out, or a video? 
it even does videos, you select the one you want and then you can choose from a template or you can start from scratch. And then everything you need is in Adobe Spark. So if you need to search for images of cows, you type in search for images of cows and hit use that and it puts it right in there for you. You can resize it just by clicking and dragging it. You don't have to use any kind of fancy tools to do this. You can just grab it and move it. If you want text, you hit the big add text button. You can resize it, change the font. It's all right there. As easy as using Microsoft Word or anything else. Um, you know, as easy as using a web browser. It's, it's super simple. Um, yeah, I, and I, I know I, they have another tool called Photoshop Elements, which is like Photoshop Lite, yeah. which is probably comes in very handy for lots of people to to get to do just about anything they need to do. But but it, you know, it's it's not even just Adobe. It's it's like I have a client that that uses PowerPoint, Microsoft PowerPoint. That is like you know an archaic tool set, but he makes videos in it, and they look fantastic. You know, so that's so actually what I used to make my first ever marketing video. I used right. PowerPoint, and you know what? You couldn't even tell it wasn't PowerPoint, except some exactly. of the animations. <laughs> exactly, and it's and it's like you know you know I, you know gosh, I've used Word and, and and PowerPoint and all and those tools for years. You know, sometimes I make fun of them and say that they're butter knives that I use to perform surgery, but it's like. You know, it doesn't matter. It's 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 like it's ultimately it's about you. It's about you creating a product, and whatever you use is fine. You know, mm -hmm. but it's 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 like again when I talk about professional tool sets, some things make it much easier to work in. It's it's like for instance, if someone you know wanted to become a, a graphic designer, it's like you not knowing Adobe Suite is probably going to limit you getting a job. You oh, know? for sure, you have it's, to learn it. Yes, right. So, so, so it's like, you know, there's, you know, granted Adobe is the 600 pound gorilla in graphic design software, but it's, but it's like, you know, anybody working at the corporate level, you know, you know, working a, a design gig probably needs to know these tools, but it really depends on um, what you're doing and where you work. And, and so let's talk about jobs and getting a job for a second with that kind of thing. You know, if you're, whether you're trying to get clients or whether you're trying to get a job job, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do. You need to make sure that they understand what you know how to use. Um, and if you need to know this before going into the job that you're trying to get, then you need to learn it ahead of time. There are some places though that are willing to teach you and, and let you learn and they'll have people there that do know how to use it. So you need to know what you know what's expected of you going into this sort of thing. And if you that, need you know, and if you're picking up clients, say you're not getting a job, you don't want to learn at the client's expense. That's gonna result in you getting a high turnover of clients. People are going to get right. frustrated at you um, or you're just not going to be putting out good work and it's not going to make a good name for yourself. So you should do the research and spend the time to teach yourself these things um, because you're going to use it every day. Um, well, here's, here's a great point. It's like, so I remember years ago, I hired this, this guy to be a graphic designer for a company I worked for. And he came to me from an awesome school that was, that is fantastic in design. He came to me and said, I am top I was top of my class in Photoshop and, and he knew the app inside and out. But when it came to doing the specific tasks that we were doing and we were a Photoshop shop, it's like we use Photoshop to make product. And he had no idea how to do all the stuff that we, that we did. So, so we had to teach him how to do it and that was fine. And he turned out being a fantastic designer. You know, it's, 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 it's like this, this guy's a friend of mine. I've actually hired, hired him two other times and we partnered on lots of stuff. Now he runs his own business. He's an awesome photographer. So, so it's like, um, you know, but at the time it's, it's like what school, what, what, a, what a college imagines people, you know, proficiency in a tool and how that equates to how you really use it in your particular, you know, workplace 
is two different things, you know? So Man, it's okay, this, to, learn, this it's okay almost... to learn on the job. So, so you can't, you can't, you can't expect to know everything because here's a guy that absolutely knew Photoshop inside and out. But yeah, when it came to how we used it, it was completely different. Yeah. So how you use the things or, or what you're trying to portray, just knowing the tool, no matter which tool you're using or knowing how to make something, you need to know why you're making it and what your purpose is. So if your purpose is to sell stuff or if your purpose is to, um, I mean, make people laugh or if your purpose is to just get a message across, you know, or showcase something and make them want something. I mean, there's so many reasons you design a graphic, um, whether it's being recognized for brand recognition, a logo, or whether it's, yeah. So, I mean, so there's so many reasons you design a graphic and just knowing how to use the tools does not mean you know how to portray a message across. So if it's a, if it's a message of um, trying to get people stirred up, you need to know how to get them stirred up and how to make this graphic look like something. If you're trying to get it to be shared a lot and make it funny, the graphic needs to be funny. Um, and that goes beyond just the text on the graphic, right? Um, otherwise, Absolutely. you just put text on a little black square and call it a day. The graphic does matter. Um, yeah, so. ultimately, you know, when it, when it comes to, you know, uh, when, when you talk about someone new doing graphic design, it's always about you need you need a task to do something. It's like you can take you can take classes all day long in web design, but if you don't have a website to build, it's it's you're not going to retain that information. You have to do something. So it's like if you have a graphic, it starts out with I have a need. I need to make some graphics for my company for our social media. So it's like it all starts around a task. And any tool you use to get to that finished product is is good and it's a start. You know, and hopefully over time you improve and get better. And the way we do that is by looking at other people's work and looking at looking at lots of things. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to emulate that or work towards that or uh, get tips from it. Yeah. So. Yeah, like like I started off talking about NFL colors. It's like you know, or or college colors, football team colors. It's like, you know, there's we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. It's not like we're you know making making everything up as we go. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. You know, so it, so it's like you know, be aware of what's out there. It's, it's like, if you're into marketing, you need to be looking at marketing and you need to be, you know, figuring out what it is you like and what it is you don't like. And, and, and that's how you grow. Yes. Cool. I think we came full circle on that. So I think, yeah. I mean, gosh, we could literally talk graphic design all day and keep jumping into. And, and we will, we, we can, we can keep having these conversations. You know, it's like, definitely it's like, you know, audience, tell us what you want to talk about. We're happy to talk about you, the challenges you're going through. You know, it's 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 like, a, you know, we're starting off this series by just kind of, you know, doing a marketing 101 and addressing lots of big picture image, you know, topics like graphic design, you know, or social media. But it's like definitely we're hoping that, that the audience will tell us, you know, what they want to talk about and we can, you know, feature you and the unique problems you're facing. And, you know, I would even I would even say go as far as to send us what you're working with. Send us your website. Let us take a look at it for you. Um, send us your logo. We will give you some feedback on it. Um, we'll, we might even talk about it on air. Um, so let us know if you don't want us to. Because if you send us something, we might mention it in the next episode and, and talk a little bit about it and how it could be improved or the next steps you could take. You know, that's what we're here for. So we're trying to be a little bit of an educational platform here, um, Uh a place that you can kind of learn tips on, you know, help out small businesses, mid-sized businesses, maybe help out people getting into marketing. Um, so that's what we're here for. So reach yeah. us. Yeah. Reach out to us. Um, our, our Gmail is marketing masters podcast at gmail.com. So you can reach us there. Um, 
And I guess until then, uh, is there anything else you want to say, Eric, before we take off? No. All right. Well, then we'll see you next week.